Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, Mr. Call Screener, Richie V, El Conservador. Big shout out to everybody celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. And we are here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden in New York City. And there's a whole lot of stuff going on, so we're going to jump right in. There was a leaked Zoom video that reveals that hospital officials are discussing COVID-19 scare tactics. Now, this came out on the 10th of September over the weekend, but we were focused on our September 11th coverage, so we put it off until today. And the doctor says, we want this to be, quote, scary to the public. And they're doing this to inflate their COVID numbers to make it more scary, saying, if you don't get vaccinated, you know, you're going to die. Now, this is originally uh, published uh, by National File, who obtained a recording of a Zoom video and conference call between physicians and a marketing director at Novant Health New Hanover Regional Medical Center in North Carolina. And they also have centers in South Carolina a group of 20 hospitals in the area. Anyway, in the recording, Dr. Mary Rudick tells the director of marketing, Carolyn Fisher, and another hospital employee that she wants the hospitals to become more scary to the public, quote unquote, by inflating the number of COVID-19 patients and using messaging that falsely tells individuals, if you don't get vaccinated, you know, you're going to die. And that's a quote, a direct quote. Now, in the clip, Fisher seems confused by questions that are raised by Ruddick regarding how COVID-19 patients are counted. After Fisher explains the process, Dr. Ruddick asserts that the hospitals should become scary, quote unquote, in their messaging about COVID-19 to inflate, uh, inflate, excuse me, their total number of COVID-19 patients by counting those who have recovered and suggesting that those people will die without taking one of the controversial COVID-19 vaccines. Now, you got to think, if something is as good as it's supposed to be, you shouldn't have to go through these lengths, these publicity stunts, these types of lies when you're dealing with public health, right? These are the scientists. These are the medical practitioners that we're supposed to blindly trust. Is hey, trust the science, follow the science, follow the science, right? But that's not the case. So the video was obtained from an internal source at Novant Health and was recorded earlier this week. The clip features three speakers. Dr. Ruddick, Fisher, and Shelbourne Stevens. After the first speaker seems to answer the question about how COVID-19 patient counts are determined and shared with the public, McDonald responds, I guess my feeling at this point in time is maybe we need to be completely a little bit more scary to the public, quote, end quote. She then introduces her idea to inflate the total number of COVID-19 patients by counting patients who've already recovered, saying, quote, 
There are many people still hospitalized that we're considering post-COVID, but they're not counted in those numbers, Ruddick explains. Quote, so how do we include them in the actual COVID numbers of patients we actually have in the hospital? At this point, Fisher, apparently confused, asked Dr. Ruddick to clarify if she's suggesting the hospital release the total number of patients treated at the hospital since the beginning of COVID, since the beginning of the pandemic last year, trying to make the number look bigger. Now, I want you to decide, so I want you to listen to this audio. Check this out. The dashboard and how it's set up myself, as far as how we get information out to the community on meaningful numbers, we do that on a weekly basis. So that's on our website, and we've been sharing that through social channels as well, particularly those graphics that show the number of patients in-house, the percentage of them that are unvaccinated, the percentage of unvaccinated people in the ICU and the percentage of deaths and the numbers. So those are numbers that we put out as far as we don't get into details of floor. Right. Those other numbers are certainly out there. Right. I, I guess my feeling at this point in time is maybe we need to be completely a little bit more scary for the public. Then there's another comment, as I completely agree, there are many people still hospitalized that we're considering post-COVID, but we're not counting in those numbers. So how do we include those post-COVID people in the numbers of the patients we have in the hospital? So is that all the people who have been in the hospital since the beginning of COVID? Well, or that are still in it. And that's something that I can take to someone else. But I think those are important numbers. The patients that are still in the hospital, that are off the COVID floor, but still are occupying the hospital for a variety of reasons. Okay. Carolyn, we call those, I'm sorry, we, we're calling those recovered now. If you look at yeah. the Navant Health dashboard, they're listed as recovered. But I do think it, from our standpoint, we would still consider them a COVID patient because they're still healing. Yeah. So I think that that needs to be highlighted as well. Yes. Because once they're off isolation, they drop from the COVID numbers. That's exactly right. Kellen, we can talk offline and yeah. how we run that up to marketing. And- right. So I'm just going to say, Carolyn, I think we have to be more blunt. We have to be more forceful. We have to say something coming out. You know, you don't get vaccinated. You know, you're going to die. I mean, let's just, let's just be really blunt to these people. So there you go. You're hearing leaked audio. This really happened. This is how they talk about you and me and the public's health. They want to scare the crap out of us. Quote, you heard it. I think we have to be more blunt. We have to be more forceful. We have to say something coming out. If you don't get vaccinated, you know you're going to die. Ruddick said in that video. Let's just be really blunt to these people. That's a direct quote. Are you kidding me? Now, listen, I'm not um, pretending to have righteous indignation. I really think that this is out of control. You don't expect that WWE tactics of scripting a storyline are going to be used in public health, especially when you have the leaders of our country constantly saying, trust the science, follow the science. Who knows more, you on WebMD or the actual medical professionals? Clearly, They're lying. And we know that they're lying because we keep catching Dr. Fauci the Fauci. Paging Dr. Fauci. Paging Dr. Fauci. 
He's caught in a lie every other day. Well, you know, because I didn't mean it this way. Uh, well, you know, I, you know, I said uh, I, uh, it's not because, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's because yes and because no and because no and because yes. And that's just how they do it. I mean, there's just so much of this that we continue to see on a regular basis. And we see it over and over and over again. I'm looking at this other one, Dr. Marjorie Smelkinson. She's at a Montgomery County, Maryland school board meeting. She's an infectious disease scientist, and she's there putting it out very straightforward. We don't need to shut down schools. We don't need to quarantine everyone when there's an infection. She says it way better than I do, so listen to this. I am Dr. Marjorie Smelkinson, and I'm an infectious disease scientist and have four elementary school students. Last Thursday, most of my son's grade was quarantined because of one COVID-like symptom. Not a COVID case, just a headache. Quarantines based on symptoms will result in our kids sacrificing yet another year of, of their education to ridiculous and unscientific policies. This policy put a thousand kids into quarantine in just four days. It is the strictest in the nation and goes far beyond CDC and state recommendations. Again, we are a national outlier. Why have you placed so little value on in-person education? Why are you adhering to a policy that will continue to needlessly keep kids out of school? Your misguided approach also puts the burden on one family to test their kid to end the quarantine for the whole class. Some parents may not be willing to get a test or have the job flexibility or resources to do it quickly. The inevitable consequence of this insane policy is that lower income students will get fewer days of live instruction. End symptom-based quarantines immediately. Instead, use on-site rapid antigen tests on students with COVID-like symptoms. If they're negative, let them stay. If positive, implement a test to stay program instead of quarantining the whole class. This involves daily testing of close contacts for a week and keeping them in school as long as they test negative. Other states are using this as an alternative to quarantining and ensures that only those infected stay home. Last year, you ignored scientific evidence, played politics, and provided some of the least live instruction in the country. This year, be brave and prioritize our children. The state has tests, get them, use them, and do whatever it takes to keep our kids in school. A thousand kids into quarantine? This is the problem. Everything has been blown out of proportion. Now, some people say it's because of government power. Some people say it's because of fear. I think it's a combination of both. I think there are genuinely people out there. When you see these COVID Karens and what they're calling COVID Kens, and you see them, and they're just going buck wild. Like the one dude, if you follow my social media, I put it on Instagram. It was from my buddies at the Lexit Movement. They had a video of a guy that was pointing a finger at a woman, looked like at a Target or another supermarket, and he just keeps pointing at her. And she's like, dude, leave me alone. And he's like, no, because of people like you, it's people like you that aren't looking out for their neighbor and blah, blah, blah. And this has not only been politicized, but people are injecting religion into it. Now, listen, I think religion plays a part in you and your choices and your body. Absolutely. Many people have deeply held personal religious beliefs, and we should respect those. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how people say that, you know, the right thing to do, like a non-Christian saying the Christian thing to do is to get vaccinated because you're protecting your fellow man. So by me protecting myself, right, inoculating myself from this virus, I'm protecting you. Now, I guess 
there is some uh, truth to that theory. But in effect, you can protect yourself. (laughs) You get the vaccine if you want to get it. You put on a mask if you want to wear it. And it's that simple. And speaking of masks, there's something that I want to bring up with respect to masks, because I think that there's always been a lot of uh, debate on masks. Dr. Fauci famously said, look, masks are important and they're really, really effective. And then he said, no, they're not effective at this time. At this time, we don't need masks. You don't need masks. Masks aren't going to work. Or, you know, he, he made his uh, duplicitous statement. And again, I understand that nuance and technicalities do come into play. So I'm not trying to be uh, a browbeater here. But I, I will say that there's been a lot of questions about masks. And here in my hand, I've got a 54-page study from the Just Facts Foundation. Just Facts is a uh, probably the premier think tank outside of Washington, D.C. They're out in the Princeton area of New Jersey. And everything you always wanted to know about masks and the deadly falsehoods surrounding them. And this is from Just Facts. Now, we're going to bring in the uh, executive director of Just Facts, and we could break this down step by step so he can go through all of the data with us, and we'll do a full segment on that. But I just want to give you the overview of this because I think it's important. In a terse essay titled Science and Dictatorship, Albert Einstein warned that science can flourish only in an atmosphere of free speech. And on his deathbed, Einstein cautioned, whoever is careless with the truth in small matters cannot be trusted in important affairs. That reminds me of a Bible verse that says, if God is going to trust you with something, he's going to trust you with something little before he trusts you with something big. Now, I'm paraphrasing, and that's my interpretation of it, but uh, it seems like a really solid piece of wisdom to embrace. Anyway, with reckless disregard for both those principles, powerful government officials and big tech executives have corrupted or suppressed the central scientific facts about face masks. The impacts of this extend far beyond the issue of masks and have caused widespread harm and countless deaths. Despite the fog of contradictory claims and changing government guidelines, dozens of scientific journals have published consistent data that establish these facts. COVID-19 is mainly spread by microscopic aerosols generated by breathing, talking, sneezing, and coughing. The vast bulk of these infectious aerosols easily penetrate common masks because 90% of the aerosols are less than one-seventeenth the size of pores in the finest surgical masks and less than one-eightieth the size of pores in the finest cloth masks. Aerosols are light enough to stay airborne for minutes or hours and hence they also travel freely through gaps around the edges of cloth and surgical masks. Governments enacted mask mandates because of the false assumption that COVID-19 is mainly transmitted by large droplets generated by coughing, sneezing, and spittle. These droplets are bigger than the pore sizes of most masks and only remain airborne for a few seconds after they're emitted. For more than a year, the World Health Organization and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, denied and downplayed the threat of aerosol transmission while issuing guidelines that don't amply prevent it. This enabled COVID-19 to decimate the most vulnerable members of society like those in hospitals and nursing homes. The CDC and the World Health Organization quietly admitted in the spring of 2021 that aerosols pose a major threat of transmission, but have still not adequately updated their guidelines to reflect this reality. This has allowed countless preventable deaths to continue. 
So we're going to have uh, Jim Agresti from Just Facts. JustFacts.com is the website. You can go to JustFacts, dot com slash rich to get the information directly. No cost to you. Make sure you go check it out. These are our policy partners at Just Facts. And there's a lot more on this. We'll be checking in with this. Whenever we talk about COVID, I'll get to another part. Again, it's a 54-page study, all primary source data. So you can get it yourself. Get it right in your inbox. Go to JustFacts.com slash rich. And I think it's important because there's so much misinformation out there. And the fake news is happy to jump on that. And what I mean by that is you can have an opinion about something. And you, you're allowed to have a medical opinion. That's why when you have a medical situation, you go to a doctor and you get a primary opinion. And if you want, you can get a secondary opinion, right? It's never a secondary fact. The term is not, I want a second opinion uh, because it's a fact. It's an, it's an opinion. You have people that have studied this stuff and have expertise and have been practitioners. And they use their experience and their studies to come up with this, you know, scientific deduction. Here's my thought this is what you should do. But if you're a layman, it seems like you're no longer allowed to even have an opinion, right? So, of course, obviously, masks work in certain situations. And that's why it makes sense now that Fauci and others were saying that maybe you should wear a couple of masks. And that's why people wearing double masks, because they want to prevent these aerosols. And that's why some of the nurses that I know that were working in ERs and COVID floors, their masks were on their face so tightly that there was no room for air or aerosol or any type of gaseous stuff to come in and out of their mask. In fact, they would wear two and three masks because that's what they did. I even had one doctor tell me the best way to really make a mask work is, you know, to put a little bit of double-sided tape, stick an N95 on, put it on real tight with a band around the bottom, a band around the top, and then put another mask on top and maybe even a third mask on top of that because now you have triple the layers. Now you're going to stop some of those aerosols. And again, that doctor's opinion. But again, these are their opinions. And I, I respect their opinions because they're the ones that scrub into surgeries and whatnot. But it seems like today, if you're a layman, you can't have an opinion. And that's what happened to Nicki Minaj, right? She put a, a tweet out saying that, you know, her cousin's friend was getting married and that he'd taken the vaccine and ended up with a reaction that caused swollen testicles. Now, you've heard this story. You know it. That's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the backlash because how dare she speak against, you know, the truth according to Fauci, the truth according to whomever in the medical community, because they tell you to follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. But it seems as we're following the science and we know that this may or may not work for certain people, that it's a small percentage of people that get these effects or these uh, reactions, well, okay, maybe he was in that small percent, but that wasn't good enough. Because she's got 22 million followers and because she dared speak out against the um, establishment, against Dr. Fauci himself and everybody else that goes along with this, They said, you know what, we're going to come down soft on you, not hard, but we're going to come down on you because, Nicki Minaj, you're not allowed to go out there and tell 20 million people that your cousin's friend had this reaction because everybody looks up to you as if you are the science, right? If they're telling you, follow the science, follow the science, follow the science, and Nicki Minaj says, look, I'm an actress, I'm a, a rapper, I'm an entertainer, and if I say that my cousin's friend didn't get married because his balls got swollen... You're supposed to all of a sudden believe all of that? And even if you don't believe it or you do believe it, if Nicki Minaj can take the place of Dr. Fauci and being the authority on COVID-19, if that's what they're afraid of, then they've got to do better at establishing their authority and expertise on a matter. 
And that's exactly what seems to have happened. She ruffled some feathers. She pissed off the wrong people. And they came at her, guns blazing. They came after Nikki and lots of people are coming to her defense, including myself. I defend her right to free speech. Now, check this out. I don't know how it went down. I don't know if it was Dr. Fauci who said, oh, you know what? I saw this on Twitter. I, I got to set it straight. You know what? I'm going to set it straight because you can't you can't just go around saying things, Nikki. I'm very disappointed that she'd say that, right? Well, you know, I want you to hear what he had to say. Listen to this. Speaking of uh, trusted messengers, um, pop star Nicki Minaj tweeted yesterday that she's not vaccinated. She's doing her own research. And then she shared an anecdote I found rather unbelievable, to be honest, about alleged side effects that her cousin's friend supposedly experienced in Trinidad. I wouldn't normally even ask you about this, but but Nicki Minaj has nearly 180 million followers on Twitter and Instagram combined. She's beloved by her fans. She's a huge talent, obviously. Her tweet was seized upon by vaccine opponents as some sort of evidence. I, I want you to address what she said, because for anyone out there who has any questions about this, Dr. Fauci, is there any evidence that the Pfizer, the Moderna or the J&J vaccines cause any reproductive issues in men or women? The answer to that, uh, Jake, is a resounding no. There's no evidence that it happens, nor is there any mechanistic reason to imagine that it would happen. So the answer to your question is no. How can health authorities even attempt to combat this kind of misinformation coming from somebody who is a huge and beloved international star like Nicki Minaj. It's very difficult. Uh, the, there is a lot of misinformation, uh, mostly on social media. And the only way we know to counter mis and disinformation is to provide a lot of correct information and to, to essentially uh, debunk these kinds of claims, which, you know, may be, you know, innocent on her part. I'm not you know, blaming her for anything, but she should be thinking twice about propagating information that really has no basis as except a, a one-off anecdote. And that's not what science is all about. All right. Now, if that weren't bad enough that you're getting threatened by Dr. Fauci, the Fauchster, just wait because it gets better. Now, apparently the minister of health from Trinidad and Tobago, where her family hails from, got involved saying there was not a single case of swollen balls on this island. I don't know what you're talking about, Nikki. Actually, he said it more like, she wasted our time. There's a whole lot going on. I can't believe she did that. Right? Well, you know what? You listen to what he had to say. You decide. Listen to this. One of the reasons we respond yesterday in real time to Miss Minaj is that we had to check and make sure that what she was claiming was either true or false. We did... We and unfortunately, we wasted so much time yesterday running down this false claim. It is, as far as we know, at this point in time, there has been no such reported either side effect or adverse event. And what was sad about this is that it wasted our time yesterday trying to track down, because we take all these claims seriously, whether it's on social media or mainstream media. As we stand now, there is absolutely no reported such side effect or adverse event of testicular swelling in Trinidad, or I dare say, Dr. Hines, anywhere else. None that we know of anywhere else in the world.
Wow. Now, I don't know if he's doing this because he wanted to ride that 22 million Twitter storm and all of the eyeballs that go along with Nicki Minaj being a superstar. Maybe. I don't know. I do know that he got all of that attention. He made it to the media. He's all over the place with his quote. And just like the Fouch and his minions, and again, I don't know if Dr. Fauci calls this guy and says, Hey, uh, Mr. Minister, I need you to ruffle her feathers a little bit because she's pissing me off. Or because the other guy wants the media, he's, I'm going to get on this bandwagon, I'm going to ride this thing with Nicki Minaj. Whichever way it is, whether he was asked to do it or whether he did it to be uh, presentado, as we say in Spanish. Um, Either way, I think it's wrong. And who jumps on board? Of course, the fake news media. And right behind them, the the fake comedy establishment from Hollywood and the late night shows. So you've got Brianna Keeler. Now, of everybody on CNN, who I stomach the least is Brianna Keeler, probably because she's an Australian. And I think as I find myself at odds oftentimes with Australians because I think they don't understand America. And if you look at what's happening in Australia today, the gunless society that they've created that's now living in COVID camps, you'll understand what I'm talking about. The United States is not Australia. We do things very differently. That's why they're down under, right? But Brianna Keeler, she's Australian, and she uh, had this to say. Check this out. Rapper Nicki Minaj (laughs) says that her cousin's friend, and she put this on social media. She has 22 million followers. She said he has swollen testicles after taking the vaccine. She cited that actually as one of the reasons that she has yet to be vaccinated. And she goes on to say his friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding. (laughs) Now, I know it's getting funny. It's getting funny because they just keep going to Nikki's tweet. And this is like, how dare you, Nikki? How dare you go against anything? How dare you talk about this stuff? But the problem is that she ends off saying, you know what? You got to do this stuff in prayer and faithfulness to your God or whatever it is. You know, this is a personal decision. Pray on it and do what you got to do. And they're saying, no, no, no. Don't do what you got to do. You do what we want you to do what we're demanding you do. And you're, you're going off script here, Nicki Minaj. And they don't like that. So they bring in the funny guys to say, you know what, let's make light of this. And I do think it was hysterically funny. I've watched it like three times and I laugh every single time. Stephen Colbert, Late Show. He decides to make a parody of one of her songs, her song Super Bass. Instead, they retitle it Super Balls. Listen to this. This one's for the boys with the swollen testes. It's a tale that was told by my cousin's bestie. No need to fact check him or debunk him. Cause the facts go to sack with two massive pumpkins. And it's sad, too bad, he's fried god mad. How could she love a man with some beach ball nads? Destroyed, he thought she loved him alive. But now it's less looking less from Epcot. Didn't make a sing song, still a normal ring dong. But it made his ping pong, look if it were King Kong. That side effects can be so bizarre. Now he's got two moves like the planet Mars. That's head. Excuse me, the plight of this man should be told to my 20 plus million fans. I mean, think of just how large my reach is to share about James and his giant peaches oh yes i did yes i did get a reply from flat earther kid he wrote thank you for this anecdote don't tread on my scrolls You can't make this stuff up. Super balls. I love it. Listen, anyway, this is what's going on with Nicki Minaj. They're coming after her. Now, the White House has invited her and they're saying, hey, look, come down. Let's work it out. Now, uh, apparently new reports are coming out saying they're saying, no, no, no. They said that she could come and we would explain it to her. They don't want to invite her anymore because they've realized, you know what? She's actually part of the problem. She's not obedient. She's not being a little sheep. 
She's doing what she wants to do. And that's why Nicki Minaj herself said that all of this is happening to her because she's a strong woman. Questions or thoughts they're having about something that they're going to have to put in their body. That this attack is this uh, hateful and purposeful. You see, they have to get people who can just get up there and be like, y'all get out mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and make and make uh, women of color look dumb. They can't deal with smart women. Whenever a smart woman challenges anything, they get called a bitch or crazy. Pick one or both. All right, there you have it. Keeping a gangster, keeping it real, going against the grain, not doing what everybody else is deciding to do, not using the same old Stalinistic talking points. She's not a Maoist. She's Nicki Minaj. She's doing her own thing. God bless her. God bless America. Right? Now, AOC. Well, after her little stunt at the Met with her tax the rich dress, she's gotten hit with an ethics complaint over her attendance there. Check this out. The American Accountability Foundation, a conservative watchdog group, has filed an ethics complaint against Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, our least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, over her attendance at the lavish Met Gala in New York City last night, or Monday night, excuse me. Now, again, it's not that she attended a fancy party that's the problem, and I'm going to get into it now. It's the way that all-out crazy AOC did it. Listen to this. Ocasio-Cortez sparked a media firestorm after she wore a white dress with the slogan Tax the Rich at the star-studded event where tickets go for a minimum of $30,000 each. The congresswoman responded to critics, quote-unquote, flying off the handle over her attendance, explaining in a tweet that New York elected officials are routinely invited to and attend the Met due to our responsibilities in overseeing and supporting the city's cultural institutions for the public. It was one of, she said, I was one of several in attendance in this evening. A spokesman for the Met said Ocasio-Cortez was a guest of the museum. The American Accountability Foundation complaint obtained by Fox News sent to the Office of Congressional Ethics asked for an immediate opening for an investigation into Ocasio-Cortez and whether she accepted an impermissible gift to attend the gala or violated any campaign finance laws. And here's a quote from the complaint. Without prompt investigation and enforcement of congressional rules, the American people are likely to lose faith in the ability of Congress to police its members, the complaint says. The complaint also states that since Ocasio-Cortez described her attendance at the Met as part of her official duties, the receipt of the gift must fall under the widely attended event or charity event exemptions as defined by House rules. The AAF argues that the Congresswoman's invite falls, uh, fails on both exemptions because the gala was not widely attended and because the invitations are overseen by Condé Nast, a for-profit company. Ocasio-Cortez's office did not respond to Fox News's request for comment on that. Now, this is what I find very interesting, right? And again, I've never been a congressman, but I have worked in the government. And on a very quick note, I'll tell you this. On my first day or second day orientation, working for the state of New Jersey as part of the Christie administration, they told us, very uh, point blank, you can accept a cup of coffee from McDonald's as a gift at a visit, an official visit during the course of your duties. But you cannot accept a cup of coffee from Starbucks. And the reason being the state law, and again, this is a New Jersey state law, 
on gifts, the acceptance of a gift was $5. Anything $5 or less in value was permissible. Anything that was above $5 was not permissible. So a cup of coffee that might cost $6.57 at at, uh, Starbucks would be considered something that's not allowed and could potentially cause what they called the perceived risk of an impropriety, right? Even the appearance of an impropriety. And that is something that I was taught as a sub-cabinet, low uh, on the totem pole staffer in the Christie administration. And it was from the state, had nothing to do with who the governor was. Now, again, the State Ethics Commission does what they do, and they're not necessarily to be compared to the Congressional Office of Ethics. But I think there's some similarities in government. I think most people in the government know you can't get wined and dined on uh, when you're a public official because, because of that reason. They will think that you're getting bribed. So when you have a $30,000 a head ticket, that could appear to be a bribe. And anybody who serves the public interest knows that going in. And you're trained on it going in. And to just ignore that and say that I'm here because of the cultural things and I'm a congresswoman and they invited me. Yeah, we got invited to a lot of things as public officials. It doesn't mean you accept every invitation. Oftentimes for certain things, you have to apply for a special um, exemption and whatnot. And that's what they're alluding to there. And they're saying that this fails on both of the tests. So I would say, sounds like she's not in deep water, in deep hot water or anything like that. But I would say she probably messed this one up all out crazy, did it again. Anyway, don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. And I want to get into this General Milley stuff here a little bit and talk about wokeism because I think there's a lot of news coming out and, and it hasn't gone away. We hit it hard over the summer and it feels like now that we're in the fall we got uh, a whole lot more going on but there's a lot a lot to look at a lot to dig into so i want to jump right in now look we've got general milley who the bombshell we talked about that was it treason was it that was it this some of the analysis i've heard that i i think i can uh grasp i won't say agree with but grasp is that generals have some latitude in speaking with other generals. And again, not that I agree, but I'm hearing that under the Uniform Code of, uh, not criminal justice, military justice, that this is somewhat of an understandable thing. And I spoke with somebody who was involved with the UCMJ. So bottom line here is that Millie, not even going to get slapped on the wrist here because the, the treason thing that we're looking for these egregious uh, things, apparently this has been going on for a long time. And as long as he can prove that there's a precedent, he's good to go. So nothing's going to happen. But that doesn't mean that he didn't botch up the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And 
the problem with all of these guys is that all too often they get away with everything because they were in part and parcel uh, and involved with creating the rules. So they know exactly how to break these rules. And until we get our people in on the inside and replace the bad guys with good guys, this will continue to happen. And again, it's always this back and forth that I have with people saying, look, that's why you got to destroy the system. You can't destroy the system without replacing the people. And, and that's the part that I think is really, really important to remember. And, and everybody talks about, oh, just kill them all. You really can't kill them all and let God sort them out because nobody really wants to do that. I've never really met somebody that even when they talk crap and they say, oh, man, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to die. They're ready to die for this country, but they're not really ready to kill anyone for the country, you know, unless it's a formally as part of the military, the police or something like that. So all of this stuff is usually just a lot of frustration talk. That's why you don't see the news today and go, well, today a bunch of uh, radical patriots decided to uh, barnstorm a known Antifa hideout and 37 people were killed, all Antifa. That's why that doesn't happen, because people don't want to kill people. We are naturally not the bad guys. We are the good guys. We want to be left alone. We don't want to attack. So if you're waiting for a day where people are just going to be so sick and tired of being sick and tired, I guess that could potentially happen. But I doubt it because things that are worth fighting for are just that. They're worth fighting for. And if you're going to wait until there's zero left in our economy, until the dollar is completely collapsed, until inflation's so high that nobody can afford to live, until you've been kicked out of your job because you haven't gotten a vaccine... And in order to feed your family, they're, they're holding your, your guns hostage, saying, you know, ch- turn in your firearms, we'll give you some food. You know, and, and I'm talking about some extreme, dystopian, crazy s- scenario. Even then, what do they have to fight for at that point? Everything worth fighting for is gone. There is no more American dream at that point, right? There is no more vacations. There is no more, I'm going to send my kid to a good school and buy a nice house. All of that stuff is out the window. So my point being, I think when you hear a lot of this rhetoric about civil war and all that, and I hate bringing that up constantly, but it seems to be that's where a lot of people's heads are at. It just, it, it's not feasible. It's not a thing. But anyway, doesn't mean that Millie didn't botch the whole Afghanistan thing. And somebody, an unlikely uh, person on this, but always been pretty good with foreign policy, especially in the Middle East, uh, is Democrat Bob Menendez from my home state of New Jersey now. Uh, born in Brooklyn, but I live in Jersey now. And Menendez at a hearing on Tuesday says the execution of the U.S. withdrawal was clearly and fatally flawed. And then, of course, he trashes Trump along the way. But I want you to listen to this. Mr. Secretary, the execution of the U.S. withdrawal was clearly and fatally flawed. This committee expects to receive a full explanation of the administration's decisions on Afghanistan since coming into office last January. There has to be accountability. We will have other hearings to develop a set of lessons learned over the course of the war to understand the many mistakes made over the course of 20 years. The diversion of attention and resources when the Bush administration decided to invade Iraq, despite its irrelevance to the 9-11 attacks. The double dealing by Pakistan in providing a safe haven to the Taliban, and the list goes on. We need to understand why successive administration made so many of the same mistakes repeatedly. Perhaps most urgently, we need to understand why the Afghan government and military collapsed so precipitously. This rapid collapse laid bare a fundamental fact, that successive administrations lied to the Congress over the years about the durability of Afghan military and governing institutions. And we need to understand why. The chaos of last August is due in large part to the February 2020 surrender deal 
negotiated by President Trump, a deal that was clearly built on a set of lies, a deal that led to the release of 5,000 hardened Taliban fighters, boosting the militant group on the battlefield this summer. So I don't think we've seen the end of what's happening in Washington. I don't think we've seen the end of questioning the commander in chief and saying, what the heck is going on? And of all things, we know that Biden himself is now um, not effective, right? He doesn't have the, the confidence of many of his colleagues. And that is something that I think that we can continue to use to continue to try and pry open everything that's going on. Anyway, that's all I've got for today. I always tell you, if you stand for nothing, you will absolutely fall for anything. So hasta la próxima, my friends, my dear VIPs, my favorite people in the world, because you guys listen to me speak and you give me this platform. Thank you. God bless you. And if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So you know what you got to do. It's time to get up out of your seats Get out of your comfort zone and do something that you do not want to do in order to save America. Hasta la próxima. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.